Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. All right, how many of you are ready for the Word of God? Oh, come on, let's try that one more time. How many of you are ready for the Word of God? Man, I'm excited. Today we are going to look at a topic that, that oftentimes is hidden from the general public. I want to look at what do we do when we face giants in our lives. Have you ever faced a giant? Now, now maybe not a physical nine foot tall giant, but you've got that issue, you've got that struggle, you've got that problem that, that taunts you. It just kind of beats at your door every morning, every evening. You just don't know what to do with it. That's what I want to talk about. Because you see, here's the deal. If you never slay that giant, you will never truly be be able to multiply as God has called you to multiply. Let, Let me say that again. If we don't face that giant head on and slay that giant, conquer that giant. And by the way, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, right? So it is in us, not in our strength, not in our ability, but because of who God is, because of what Christ has done, we have the ability, the authority to slay that giant, that struggle, that problem in our lives. Until we come to the place of slaying and conquering that giant, we will never be able to multiply as God has called us to multiply. We'll be stuck in a rut. But 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 says this. Do not be afraid. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, don't be afraid. If you're watching online this morning, put that in the chat. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by the mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Come on, I I could close in prayer right now when we have preached a message. Because sometimes we forget that God has already won the battle. Sometimes we we get in the middle of the taunting moment. Sometimes we get in the middle of the door being beaten down. And we forget that the battle is not ours, but the battle is God's. And here it says you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be discouraged by the army that's all around you. For the battle's not yours, the battle is God. But maybe you're here right now, maybe you're watching online, and you're saying, well, pastor, I'm not facing an uprise of an army. I don't have an army battling against me every day. It's just a little giant here and a little giant there. Well, the word that is used here for army is the word Haman, and it literally means a murmur, a roar, a crowd confusion, or a multitude. In other words, you don't need to be afraid, you don't need to be discouraged by the loud, roaring, confusing, causing giants, because a giant is not yours to fight, the giant is God's to defeat. I want to look at a story that's familiar to many of us in the room today. It's a story that that illustrates a giant that has been taunting an entire army. You see, 
one young man. His name is David. This young man, he chooses to rise up against the giant and conquer him, not in his own ability, not in his own strength, but under the authority of who God is. See, our our message today is focused around this most famous giant slaying moment. It's a story of David and Goliath. And I want to give you kind of the Cliff Notes version of the story. David is out tending his sheep, is which what he did on a regular basis. His three older brothers had already gone to battle. In fact, the Bible says that for 40 days, every morning and every evening, a Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army, striking fear in their hearts. Now, this giant was over nine feet tall. Could you imagine Here you are, the army of Israel, you come out to battle every day, and this giant over nine feet tall comes out and begins to taunt you. Well, one particular day, David's father, his name was Jesse, he tells David, he says, take this basket of roasted grain and these loaves of bread and and go out and give it to your brother. Come back and let me know how things are going. He says, take this cheese and and give it to the captain. So David left the sheep with another attendant and went away and he found his brothers and he heard about this giant's Goliath. He began to talk to them to figure out what was going on and as he was talking to them, Once again, Goliath began to taunt the army. Now, I I hear David's question, and I love his question. He says this, who is this pagan Philistine that taunts the armies of God? Who is this giant that day in and, and day out stands before God's chosen people and threatens their lives? As the story goes on, David's brothers heard him talking and they began to mock him a bit. What are you doing here, little boy? What about the sheep you're supposed to be watching? They began to taunt, but that didn't bother David. David knew his calling. David knew the authority that he had in God. David said, don't worry about the Philistine. I'll go fight him. I'll battle him. Now, remember, David is is a young boy at this time young teenager at this time. This giant is over nine feet tall. The king looks at David and says, don't be ridiculous, you're just a boy. He's been a warrior for years. You can't battle him. You can't fight him. The story goes on and on. I'm gonna give more details throughout the message, but David goes out to the stream and he picks up five smooth stones and puts them in his pouch He steps out in front of Goliath, and Goliath once again begins to mock him. Am I a dog that you come against me with a stone? David says, no. You come against me with your sword. You come against me with your shield. But I come against you in the authority of God Almighty. The Bible says that David took that one stone, one of the five stones, and he placed it in his sling, and he began to sling it in circles around and around and let it go, and that stone went, and it pierced Goliath in the forehead. Goliath 
went to the ground. At that point, David went up and grabbed the sword, Goliath's sword, and proceeded to conquer him and cut off his head. Today, I want to talk about this story, and I want to relate it to the giants that you face every single day. You see, there are four steps. If we truly want to conquer the giants in our lives, if we truly want to defeat the thing that is taunting you at the door, if we truly want to be the victor in this moment, there are four things, four steps that we must take. Number one is this, identify your giants. Now, in any 12-step program, I am told that the first step is to admit there's an issue. Some of you haven't really admitted that there's a giant. You kind of ignore that giant. Oh, it'll, it'll go away. If I just ignore it, if I just cover my eyes, it's not there. It's like we're a toddler again and we're playing hide and seek. Oh, you can't see me. That's what we do with the giants that we face in our lives. But if we truly want to defeat that giant, we've got to come to the place that we identify the giant in our lives. David said in verse 26, who is this pagan Philistine? Anyway, who is this giant that is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Now, on your outline this morning is a question that I want you to answer right now. What is the giant in your life? What is that giant? What is that addiction? What is that struggle? What is that sin? What's the temptation that keeps knocking at your door? What is that thing that needs to be defeated in your life? You see, before David could ever defeat Goliath, he had to identify who he was coming up against. Right? He could have just gone out and said, all right, give me any one of the Philistines. Let's go. Let's battle. Let's rumble right here and right now. But that wouldn't have done any good. He had to defeat the giant in order to win the war. Who is this giant that is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? David had to identify the problem. Now, for many of you here today... The biggest issue is not necessarily the giant, but the sideline issues and the aftermath rather than the giant itself. And sometimes the way we respond to the giant is how the Israelite army responded. In verse 24 it says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, saw Goliath, they began to, began to run away in fright. Now, we've already dispelled that. We, we read a few moments ago our text for today. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because the battle's not ours to fight. The Goliath in your life is not yours to fight. That giant that taunts you every morning is not yours to fight. But the battle is God's. The victory is yours. The question is, are we willing to lean into and surrender to the authority of God? Or are we satisfied playing the taunting game day in and day out? Some of you have gotten comfortable in that game. 
Some of you have played that taunting game with the giant for years, 20, 30, 40 years. It's been a, an ongoing saga in your life. And today you're like, I just don't know what life would be like without the taunting, the knocking at the door every day. Can I just tell you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom? Come on. If you begin to lean into the presence of God, if you begin to lean into the authority of God, if you begin to allow God to step into your life and consume the situation where you are, the Bible tells us that freedom is right there, that victory is right there, that deliverance is right there, that we don't have to battle that giant anymore. But today is the day to conquer the giants in your life. This same giant confronted the Israelite army every day for 40 days. Goliath would come out and he began to strike fear in the hearts of these warriors in the Israelite army. Again, I want to remind you this, that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. But he's placed inside of us a boldness and ability through Christ to slay the giants. He hasn't given us fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, before we get into the steps to conquer the giant, I know that some of you are realists out here. Some of you like to see every detail of the life. See, I'm a, I'm a vision guy. Let me grab the big picture. I'm going to right off the bat go, man, there's a giant. His name's Goliath. He's over nine feet tall. We've got to deal with that. But I need somebody to work through the details. Come on, anybody vision people out here? Who are my vision people in the house? Man, like five of you. How many of you are detail people? The rest of you are just like knots, knots on logs, right? No, no, we're one or the other. You're either a vision person, you're a detail person. You know, you don't have to be in charge, but you can work out the details. You like to figure it out. That's my wife. She's a detail person. I'm the, hey, there's a giant. Let's, let's deal with that giant. But a realist is going to say, there's always going to be a naysayer in your life. See, David comes on the scene and he says this, hey, don't worry about this giant. Don't worry about this Philistine. Don't worry about this pagan that is being allowed to defy the armies of God. Don't worry about him because today, today under the power of God, I'm going to step up and I'm going to defeat this giant." And right off the bat, the naysayers came to the forefront. Look at this. The first naysayer was David's brother. Verse 28 says this, But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing here anyway? What about those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of? See, right off the bat, he's saying, you're not even able to take care of a full herd. You're not even old enough to take care of all of dad's sheep. You've just got a few. How do you think you're going to handle this giant? Come on, right? The naysayers begin to rise. The second was the king. In verse 32 and 33, David says, don't worry about the Philistine. I'll go fight him. Look at the king's response. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. 
you're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Now, if you look back one chapter, we're in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel right now. If you go back to chapter 16, we'll find out that this is not the first time that David has met the king. You see, the last time in chapter 16, David was in the presence of the king, but that moment he was simply playing a harp. Doesn't sound much like a battle instrument, does it? All right, David, come on, bring your harp. You're going to defeat the king. That would go well, right? No. So the king begins to taunt him and say, you know what? You can't do this. There's no way you can fight him. There's no way you can win. But it didn't stop there. The naysayer continued with the giants. Verse 30, uh, 43, Goliath says, am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods, these false gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. The giants in your life are going to throw doubt left and right. They're going to say things like, you're not qualified for the job. There's no way you can possibly fight this giant and win. It's just not feasible. You can't even pay your bills. You'll never amount to anything. You're just not good enough. There's no way you can save your marriage because you're always an issue. You're losing your kids, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop the vices and the struggles in your life. You've always been like this. You can't be free from past relationships, and you certainly can't seem to shake those failures from the past. You'll always be a mess. But can I share something with you today? It's time today, it's time today to stand up and face your giants. It's time today under the authority of God using the same tactics that God gave to David. It's time for you to look at your naysayers and say, you know what? You don't define me. Did you know that? These naysayers in your life, they don't get the privilege of defining who you are. If you've given your life to Jesus, he's already defined who you are. You're a child of the Most High God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life, a plan of hope and a future. Victory is who you are. You're an heir to his throne. Some of you have been saying, you know what, I've been running from the devil all week long. Well, here's what I had to say to you. It's time to stop running, and it's time to begin to fight. Victory is yours. What would have happened if the Israelite army, if David had come on the scene, and he said, hey, here's your grain, and here's your cheese, but I'm going to step back from that giant. I'm going back to my sheep. What would have happened? Well, eventually, the Philistine army would have defeated the army of God. But David had a choice to make in that moment. Am I willing right here and right now, even though there may be fear inside of me physically, I'm willing to surrender it to God and watch what God begins to do. 
It's time to stop running from your fear and begin start fighting for victory. The second step is this. Know your defenses. Know your defense. See, oftentimes we try to fight the giants in our lives with the wrong battle gear. Well, this time's going to be different. If I just try a little harder, if I just lean on that inner strength that I have in myself, I'm going to be okay. The problem is we fail to realize what God has made available to us. Look at the situation with David. The moment that that King Saul agreed to let David fight Goliath, Saul began to offer what? His own personal armor. Now that makes sense. I mean, David came out, he's always got his lunchbox with cheese and nuts. Not really what you want to go to battle with. Look what Goliath had on. 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 7. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion, look at your neighbor and say champion, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. That's more than some of you weigh. 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, He carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying his shield. Surely David needed something to defend himself. If he didn't have some form of armor, then surely Goliath, the giant, was going to come out and destroy him instantly. But here's the problem. Saul's armor wasn't designed for David. In fact, David probably looked like a toddler walking around in daddy's clothes. Come on, do you remember when your kids were little and they come out of the bedroom and they have your shoes on and they're trying to walk in your shoes? That's probably what David looked like in this moment. Saul was a pretty good-sized guy. David was a young teenager. He comes out in this armor, and I'm sure like just the, the breastplate was coming down here somewhere, right? But here's what we've got to understand. God wants to equip you with what you need, not what someone else has, but what he has for you. David declared to the giant this very bold statement. He says, you come at me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Look at this. I come at you in the name of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to come at somebody in the name of the Lord? It means that you're not battling on your own account, that you're not battling against in your own strength and what you've tried to win battles with before. But grab a hold of this. A giant is not going to stop taunting you just because you're a Christian. 
A giant is not going to stop taunting you just because you've come to church three out of the four weeks this month. A giant is not going to stop taunting you just because grandma came to church. See, the giant is only defeated by the power that comes in the authority of God. Here's what God's made available to you today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. It says, in a final word, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Come on, look at this. It's God's armor that's specifically designed for you. Put all of God's armor on so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. One translation says, when you've done everything to stand, stand firm. How can we do that? Because we're clothed in the righteousness, in the authority, in the power of God. David could have clothed himself in the king's armor. He could have said, you know what? This is a pretty big honor. This is pretty awesome. I'm going to wear King Saul's armor and fight this giant. This looks really good. I'm sure that the king's armor was the best armor in the land. He could have gone with that. He could have talked to one of his brothers and said, hey guys, I brought you some grain. I brought you some bread. Can I borrow your sword? Can I borrow your helmet? Can I borrow your breastplate? Can I just borrow some armor, guys? He could have done that. But David realized that's not what he needed. He realized that the armor that had saved him in the past, was none of those. It was the armor of God. He put his faith completely in God. Did that make sense naturally? Not really. But I'm sure a lot of the army of Israel, a lot of the soldiers out there, they're like, David, what are you doing? Man, we know how this battle thing works. We've seen it happen in the past. We've watched giants like Goliath come out. And man, there's no way you're going to make it without some sort of armor on. It didn't make sense naturally. But did it make sense spiritually? Absolutely. You better believe it. David had to take a moment to focus on God rather than focus on the giant. You see, the giant had already paralyzed the entire army and the king. Come on. Let me ask you a question. Are you spending more time focusing on your giant than you are on the one that can and will deliver you? Think about that just for a moment. Think about this past week, the the knocking at the door, the taunting that you faced. Are you spending more time entertaining, come on, giving attention to that giant's the ugly old giants, then you are on the one that can and ultimately will give you the victory that you need. See, David was not about to let that happen for him or for the armies of Israel. You see, God had delivered David before when he faced the bear. 
God had delivered David before when he was approached by a lion. David said, when they come at me, I grab them by the jaw and I beat them to death. I don't know the last time any of us have been going down the way and all of a sudden a, a big old bear goes, and we grab by the jaw and go, I don't know the last time that any of us were walking to the store and, and suddenly a big lion jumps out of the woods someplace and we grab it by the jaw and poof. No, right? But God had used David in those moments. He had delivered him in those moments. You see, this giant had tried to paralyze David, but David wasn't going to stand for it. David knew that if he stepped out in confidence, the confidence of God... That this so-called champion would be defeated. Now, here's a side note that I want you to ponder today. I believe that sometimes we have to face the lion and the bear in order to prepare us for the nine-foot giant. Come on, let me say that again. Sometimes... We have to battle against the lion and the bear to prepare us for the nine-foot-tall giant that's coming around the corner. And I wonder, how are we going to defeat the lion and the bear. You see, that's prep ground, that's preparation, that's training, that's getting us ready for the nine-foot giant that is in the future. You must identify your giant. You've got to know your defense. And number three, you've got to pick up your rock. The Bible says that David, he went down to the stream and he, he picked five smooth stones and some people ask, well, why did he pick up five if he, if he was, had that much faith in God, if he really believed that God was to deliver him, if he really believed that that one stone was going to take Goliath out? Goliath had four brothers. Come on. Are, are you picking this up here? Goliath, his brothers. David was prepared. He knew that God would deliver him in that moment, but he had to be prepared for the other giants around the corner. That's good. That's good. Some of you will say amen when you get saved. It'll be okay. <laughs> now, I love this bold statement that David made. He looked at Goliath and he said this, Today, the Lord will conquer you. Come on. David, this young teenage boy, he walks out. He sees Goliath. And, and I picture that his voice is cracking in this moment. He's at that stage of life. And he goes, Today... God will conquer you. And I'm sure that Goliath looks at him and goes, boy, you don't know what I've done. But David says, not today. Not today. Today, victory is in the Lord. Because when I faced that lion, God prepared me for this moment. When I faced that bear, God prepared me for this moment. So Goliath, today the Lord will conquer 
You, I wonder, are you ready today to declare to the giant in your life? Are you ready to declare to that ugly giant that keeps knocking at your door that today, not someday, not next week, not next month, but today victory is yours and that giant will be defeated? We talked about defense, but what about the offense? 1 Samuel 17 says, David, reaching into the shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it in his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in. Come on, that's power. And Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. In order to be a victor in the battle, you're going to have to pick up the rock and begin to fight. Now, an interesting discovery is that the same word that is used for stone in verse 46, that David reached down and picked up five smooth stones, the same word that is used here, David later uses when he pins the word in the book of Psalms, chapter 118, verse 22, which says the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Now, let me pull this together because some of you are like, I don't understand where you're headed with this, Pastor. Psalm 118 is referencing Jesus as the one that everything else is built off of. It's as if David in this moment is saying, this one smooth stone, Jesus, is all that I need to defeat this giant, this so-called champion that has stricken fear in the hearts of the entire army and our king. Today, under the authority of Jesus, this giant will be defeated. Church, I want you to know that now it's time to begin to speak to the giants in your life. This giant's time is over. It has no authority. You're going to have to equip yourself. You're going to have to grab a hold of the needed resources. It was St. Augustine that once said it this way. Pray as though everything depends on God. Work as though everything depends on you. Spend time in prayer, call out to God, believe in him, trust in him, depend upon him in prayer as if everything relies upon God. But we've got to do some work. We've got to put our feet to our faith. We've got to put action to our faith. Some of you right now, you're saying, well, Pastor, you said that I don't have the battle because the battle's God's and not mine. Well, the battle's God's. But we got some work to do. We got to step out in obedience. And when you're obedient to God, I believe that God will join with you and battle on your behalf. And by the way, some good news God has never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle. Therefore, you're on the winning team. And now it's time. It's time to begin to walk in the victory that God has given you, to stand in the authority that is yours in Christ. And finally, step four, behead your giant. 
Well, pastor, why is that important? If David took this stone and when it was released, it was embedded in Goliath's head. Why is it important that we behead that giant? Because once you, behead, or once you knock it down, oftentimes what we do is we, we knock it down and we kind of walk, but it's still there as a constant reminder. The Bible says that David triumphed over the Philistine with only one sling and a stone. He had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that the champion was dead, they turned and ran. I want you to know today, You don't have to cower in fear any longer. You don't have to be discouraged any longer. You don't have to be stricken with fear, with doubts, with shame, with remorse any longer. Because the battle's not yours. The victory is yours. I, I believe that in just a couple of moments, God's getting ready to do something incredible. Would you bow your heads with me today? Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. 